In this episode of the Team Superdad podcast, I ask women what they want men to know about abuse and sexual harassment. It's an eye-opening subject that all men need to hear. Roll theme. Welcome to Team Superdad. Real dads creating their best lives ever. More time, more money, more fun. You are not alone. You're on Team Superdad. Good evening. Welcome. We are Team Superdad Live. This is the podcast. Yes, normally podcast. Normally on a Friday. It's a lot of fun with the wrap up. You might have seen also some of the check ins or the podcast lives. What you won't have seen for a while is us doing an expert hangout. And that's where we get a group of people together on, on the live and we talk about a subject. And yeah, there's been some, you know, practical subjects before. And during Black Lives Matters, we talked about being black people like what it is to be a black person and, and and ask questions from a white person's perspective just so that we got an idea of what that really meant and over the last couple of weeks since the sarah everard abduction and murder there's been a lot of heat online a lot of conversation a lot of upset and and as i it was pushing my buttons just around my divorce and Caught and trying to sort of my attitudes towards women, which I've you know from have been someone who had many many female friends to to then having a whole load of kind of like women, um, it was pushing my buttons. So then I went on Twitter and I had a look around and I just thought, okay, what what really is going on? And I could see the upset. I could see the intensity of it all, which got me to just dig a little bit further. And then through some conversations with women, where I heard. You know, one of the ladies is on tonight. She said to me, yeah, I was crying in my kitchen last week about that. And I was like, okay. Another lady I asked to come on and do this live with us. She said, you know, who, who is quite an active feminist and um, she ran for government down in, in the Southwest as, you know, sort of on a, as, as a Labour uh, candidate, but also very much on a, on a, on a women's rights bill. She was too upset to come on and do this. So that's how important it is. And uh, without further ado, I'm going to press the video and I'll bring everyone in afterwards. Hey, there we go. I'm just going to be on my own rambling away. Tonight, as you can see, we have ladies first. <laughs> if Shivori's okay, we'll go. Liz Evenden. Um, Easy. We'll go Joe Baldwin, Chot, mentor, author, and publisher, and Glenn, good old Glenn, my pal from A Dating Dad and co-host of the Wrap Up on Friday. Good to have you all here this evening. Hi, Johnny. Hi, everyone. Good to be here. I'm feeling woefully underdressed. I've come straight from uh, having an, an afternoon walk, and so uh, I'm warm, but not smart, I'm afraid. Okay, okay. Well, we'll let you off, Glenn, unless you like peel it off or you've got like a tuxedo on underneath or something. <laughs> that would be quite a James Bond move, I've got to say. James Bond. So I'm a little bit nervous uh, right here now. If people that know me very well know that doesn't normally happen very much about pretty much anything. But this subject uh, matters. And we do have, we've made some notes, some sort of idea of the, some of the things that we might talk about. Some of them are purposely a little bit bloke dumb, right? Um, because... Um, maybe it's the everyday stuff that we need that we need to speak about, and uh, and and quite 
quite hilariously as well. I had to joke to both Liz and Evenden, given that the topic tonight is what women want men to know. Um, and, <laughs> and I'd written the list of what we're going to talk about. And that was quite funny as well. So, so uh, it's, it's a long be- list, Johnny. It's a long it's list. A good list. <laughs> it's a good list. We're not going to cover it. We're not going to cover it all. But, um, um, you know, the most important thing really is that this is just a, a conversation about the everyday experience of, of, of women and the sexual advances that they face from men, both welcome and unwelcome. Um, and I hope, you know, for anyone watching, particularly on the replay, if you are, by the way, watching, this is this is such an important subject. I would encourage you and ask you, please, to just share it, share it around. That's got nothing to do about growing Team Superdad or, or highlighting any of us and the other work that we do. This is about having more men understand what it is to live as a woman and to experience being wolf whistled, being rubbed up against being grabbed from behind like and and and, and all the extremes that that, that that scale can go to uh i guess for some people it might be uncomfortable and and perhaps that's where um some important subjects come up as well um so i guess what i wanted to start off by asking is you know the heat on on line last week was very much about women crying out enough, enough. What, what does enough mean, really? Well, I, I think enough means enough of being quiet, enough of putting up with it, enough, enough of just allowing this to exist and living in fear. Your, your question earlier was, was very much um, what men need to know. But actually, it's, it's not necessarily about the groping or the lewd comments or the – it's actually about the fear because what, what men need to know is so many women will walk down the street, even in daylight, and feel fear. That is the reality of being a woman on the street at times by yourself, let alone at night, let alone 9 o'clock at night or even later. Um, and that is sadly um, an outcome of many things that I think, you know, what the enough comment, I think, is to do with the fact that we have spent way too long, I feel, of being firstly silent about what actually happens to us. And I, I think we've got to take responsibility for that. Women do not report anywhere near enough of the crap that happens, the assaults, the abuse. We don't report it, and I haven't reported everything that's happened to me. So I put myself in that pot. Um, but also, I think enough is enough of feeling and worrying and walking down a street with all those conditions that we are meant to do, looking out for lights of where someone lives, holding keys in your hand in case someone comes at you so you could stab them, crossing over the road if you see a man ahead. We have been conditioned, we've accepted the conditioning to behave and consider our behavior as a requisite of men's aggressive, uh, abusive and attacking behavior. And I say men, you know, because obviously women can attack women too, but we're talking about gender tonight. 
But that is the reality, and that is what we've all had enough of. It's actually, we shouldn't be feeling like this, and we should not have to make these conscious choices, let alone be in the fear. It's twofold. It's we shouldn't even have to even consider all this shit, let alone be in the fear. Well, I, I swore before you, Liz. You thought you were going to say Your potty mouth is out. <laughs> you southerners, like the two north south. <laughs> I think good, good swearing, and I think I would kind of elevate it. I agree with all of that, and I'd elevate it a level and say, I think that the fact that we've had the past year, nine months of it living in our homes, a lot of us who are fortunate enough to feel safe at home, which is not every woman, but a lot of us have had a year where we haven't had that fear. Yeah, we've had a lot of periods of time where we've been we've we've had respite from that adrenaline going around our system and, and and just to bring the fear to like like yes it's walking down the street but just imagine you know remember being in a pub remember that or a restaurant you know when there are people around you know or, or an office or a workplace just imagine looking around that place and imagine the animal part of your brain guys being aware that 50 percent of the people in that in that space could overpower you physically and that's true for me despite the fact that i lift weights and train and i'm strong it's true and, and there's a bit at the base of my brain that knows that all the time. And so for me, the enough has come from that's had a bit of a relax, you know, for the last year, there's been a bit of space. And actually, why shouldn't that be the case? Why shouldn't I be able to feel like this in more aspects of my life, not just when I'm behind a locked door at home? But yeah, so this was something. Sorry. sorry, go ahead, Joe. <laughs> sorry, you guys can have to go back in because otherwise Liz and I are going to be like this. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I totally hear you, Liz, that whole kind of, you know, because ultimately most women can be overpowered by a man, given. Believe me, I've done martial arts, I've, I was a police yeah. officer, I know, I know how to defend myself. Yeah. However, I think sadly, it's the fear that turns that into something that impacts mm. us. Because you know 99.9 percent of men you will generally meet won't want to even consider overpowering you but it's the fact that we've attached that but you don't know which ones are which do you by looking and i i I think that's been one of the one of the 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 challenges that um yeah the the not all men people um who have been out there that's that's been their response it's been look I'm not like this. None of my friends are like this. I would never think about doing that. And almost every man out there would never do this. Therefore, it's not all men. And I think the response has always been, look, it's not all men, but all the people who do this are men. And we yeah. don't know which which is which. We don't know who you are. That's a disclaimer that really, really hacks me off. I nearly swore and I did not. That's very good. That really hacks me off, Glenn. That is it. completely bloody irrelevant. Absolutely, mm-hmm. completely, totally irrelevant. It doesn't matter if you've never considered or done mm. anything, or even if you're in a, an, a group of 25 friends and none of you, it doesn't matter. It's because it happens, and it happens mostly to women. That is the only thing that should be focused on. You know, and I've had a friend of mine recently tell me that she told her dad about things happy, and he literally told, said to her, he said, no, it didn't, you never told me. Um, I said that I'd the never do that. The so forest. Come on. I'd never do that. So how could that happen? And that yeah. is another whole level of denial and 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 shielding the reality. Mm. We're not making it up. But, but I, go, no. I go a step further. Can I go a step further and go? 
no not all men but if you don't and you don't basically if you're not part of the solution you're part of the problem mm -hmm. so not all men do this stuff in my experience and to add to what Joja said most men in my experience when it has happened to me in the presence of men do nothing about it mm. nothing about it in fact in the in the in the best case just kind of shrink into the background and leave me to deal with it and and then so so yes not all men do it but i'm i'm pretty sure i don't know i'm going to throw the challenge out there but you know you guys and anyone this any men listening to this how many of you have seen or been present how many of you been present when a man you know has treated a woman in a way which is unwanted harassing See, and let's face I, it this is a spectrum right where at one end is a cat call and at the other end is rape and they are on the same spectrum they're all so about I, I, i'm gonna go i'm gonna i'm gonna break that down a little bit because i think there's two separate things in what you said one is how many men have been present and two how many men have known they've been present in that moment i don't think men fully understand the simple yeah. actions that men take that can be interpreted in a different way. And like you're saying, some men do think a, a cat call or a, um, a, as a waitress walk past, just a comment that they know she can hear, but is directed at their friends. That will be, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely would. Or uh, yeah, yeah, she's going to get my number or something like that. A comment that they're going to make to their friends that they can hear, they don't see that as actually on that spectrum. They just see that as, for want of a better phrase, banter. Um, and none of their friends are calling them out for it either. None of their friends are saying, come on, man, that's not cool. Um, so they would have been there, but they won't have recognised that they were there, I suspect. I think that's, so let's tackle that one right away. So here's my theory on that. Um, every person has a space and is entitled to feel safe in that space. And that means not imposed upon by the wishes and thoughts of other people in a way that affects them. And so that kind of, that's a perfect example, that comment you know, in the, in the restaurant about the waitress, that he knows she can hear. This is the key. Like, I'm not saying don't have conversations. You know, do what you like on your own time. Well, no, don't actually, because there's probably lines you shouldn't be crossing, but let's not go there for, for now. This is about kind of in public, in the presence of women. For me, he knows she can hear. He is therefore imposing his thoughts on her with no idea of whether she wants them, welcomes them, or is interested in them. And that's on the line for me. That's part of that scale that I was talking mm -hmm. about. It's right because there. they're, because they're derogatory in their demeaning, and they're sexist, and they're puerile, and they're misogynist, and, 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 and. One thing to be, one thing to be commenting, that, you know, oh, what an attractive woman. That is a whole different comment to mm. oh she she's going to get my number or you know she are no, always it's she's hot i'm going to shag her that like let's be crude about that. that's the kind of the kind of comments right but what does that feel like what i mean it's all, all a lot of those words joe are great and they're the kind of like the the proper labels for it but on a on a on a basic level what does that feel like or like is it like how demeaning how... you feel small you feel it it it, it, it makes you feel um, completely disrespected, unvalued. Um, it, it, it actually subject, subjectifies you. You just become literally a, just a physical presence as in a female form. Um, it's, 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 it, it's unnerving. It can scare you because then you make immediately feel vulnerable, obviously depending on environments, especially, but you'll feel vulnerable. It is, it's like, um, it's like an unphysical attack. 
non-physical attack actually is what it is because what what you're hearing as a woman is that that man has got his eye on you that mm-hmm. man has yeah. has got an intention whatever it is even if it's a slight intention or an imaginary intention an imaginary intention and a judgment on you and therefore if you add into the fact obviously we most women as we know could be outpowered by a man or you know they could make any advance he's surrounded by his mates makes it even worse that's it's you know because then if if they're supporting that comment from you from me and i have been in an abusive situation with a group of men this month's most horrid moments of my life so it it all of that just it absolutely demeans you to nothing and you feel completely well, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's not just that they're actively supporting it even if they're not challenging it then that's giving tacit implicit that support. Is support. That's, that's support. it that's my point exactly if they're not challenging yeah. it they're allowing it yeah. and in allowing it to happen like we're, we're right back to well i'm not i'm not supporting him you know i'm not actively getting involved yeah but you're not stopping him and i don't know the difference when i'm looking at you mm-hmm. between whether you think the same as him or whether you think something different mm-hmm. If you're, there's no such thing as neutral here, I'm afraid. When when that comment's been made or that action's been taken, there's no such thing as neutral. You're either you're either in on it or you're against it. And if I can't see that you're against it, as far as I'm concerned, you're in on it. And that adds to that. Joe's talking about the fear. I think these incidents in our lives that we've had, and each of us had different levels of severity of incident. And I've been thinking about it for this conversation. The first time this happened to me, a man imposed his sexual wishes on me I was nine I was nine years old and and every time something like that happens it taps back into how I felt as a nine-year-old when a man was on the phone to me who should have been having a responsible conversation and started asking me about what I was wearing and all sorts of questions I didn't understand and so you can hear can you hear what's yeah and nothing really serious has happened to me thank goodness in my life but whenever someone makes an unwanted comment or approach, puts himself in my space, it taps back into the nine-year-old girl who was fucking terrified and confused think, and just devastated by that. And I think this is a fear that most men just, we can't grasp because, um, I, I was actually saying this to Johnny off air last week. Um, when I, I, I grew up in on a council estate in Walthamstow, not particularly nice place. And so as I was walking down or down the road, you'd, you'd know how to hold yourself, how to carry yourself, not to make you not a target, but to make you less of a target than other people around you. Cause I'd be looking around thinking, okay, there's a, there's that, that, that bin shed there. There's a trees over there. The bushes here, there's an alleyway there knowing who's going to attack me. But even then the worst I ever thought would happen to me would be someone would stab me, rob me, beat me up, that sort of thing. At no point was anything sexual ever anywhere close to my mind. And so it's just not something that I ever grasped or ever have had to grapple with. And so it, it's, a, it's something I have to consciously consider rather than just accepting that this is just a normal part of living. And I, I gotta say, it sounds bloody exhausting. Yeah. Because just just walking walk around a council estate and and doing that, keeping yourself safe from from 
uh, like one to nine of, of, of things is exhausting enough, but to add on a whole nother level of things, God, I just, the, the physical and emotional and mental drain on that, it must be astounding. It is. And, and obviously we are, as you've really you've poignantly mentioned at the beginning, Liz, we've been out of this situation for a long time. Um, you know, students, classic examples, so many students are attacked, so few report it, so, so many female students. So, yeah, it is. It's petrifying. And and I think, you know, sadly, we've got gotten sort of a bit used to it, which isn't right. Um, but, yeah, it, it's horrible. And it's, you know, it makes many parents petrified when their daughters go out for the first time. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Johnny, you're you're a dad of a daughter now. It, it just knowing how how vulnerable girls can be, um, you know, it's horrible. And this was this was a woman at nine o'clock at night. I think I think there's a, there's a you know we do hear of, of women being attacked and, and like early hours and that kind of thing. And it's still not obviously it doesn't make it right at all. I think because of the nature of the time and Oh, she did. Was, and then at the shock of it, I think, I think as someone pointed out, and they, I think I got what he was trying to say, but he said, well, it was, you know, there's no one around in lockdown. It's like, God, how unlucky. It's like, obviously, it wasn't a complete stranger, was it? Um, but I just think, actually, it's it, it, it's, it is really um, a fundamental part of going out on a night. It, it actually features in oh, most yeah. women's night out. It's part of the norm, and that isn't right on many levels. It's not right for us to accept it, but it's, it's not right for it to be that way. Um, and I think, you know, I loved your question. It's like how many men actually have not addressed, not jumped up, not said anything? Um, and, you know, we, we're not asking for you to completely empathise. You couldn't unless you've been attacked yourself or you've been sexually assaulted or you felt vulnerable, so what your vulnerability, Glenn, you were mentioning, right? If you if you create that emotion in yourself again, and then I would say times it by ten. Mm. Because ultimately when you're looking at sexual abuse as well, then it's a whole not another level mm. of abuse, obviously. And where you know it, some people say, Oh, women are they're oversensitive, it's just blokes being blokes, like, you know, it's like give us a break kind of kind of thing. And I, I don't want to go back and cover the questions we've, we've, we've already covered, but you know, do women talk about this between themselves? Like if you took an average group of 10 women, is it going to be like, it's rare that someone hasn't had something bad happen to them. And, and then, you know, we've, we've on this spectrum sort of thing from on a night out, what, what is expected you know, from, yeah, I'd like to be chatted up, but no, I don't want to have my ass pinched or, or, or someone, you know, worse, I don't know, rubbing themselves against me on the dance floor kind of thing. Like, it's, 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 where does that line fall between someone being oversensitive and, and actually, no, none of that's welcome. So you asked a couple of questions there. You asked, yeah. Do, yeah, do women talk about it between themselves? Um, so the answer is yes and no. Like, you know, yes, we'll, um, if, if someone wants to share, and, and we normally talk about it and kind of, oh, my God, what's, you know, if it was a night out, oh, my God, what a sleaze bag. 
if it's been a fear event, we're very, un- I would say for, with me and my friends, we're very unlikely to bring it up in a group because it's terrifying. We might confide in a friend um, and talk about it to one-on-one um, until that's hashtag like me too. That's like um, a lot crossed. That's like a yeah, lot. there is a bit of a lot. Well, just, you know, then I'd have to, even with my friends, right, and then and then I can't imagine translating this into the courts if you had to take something further. Or when I've had an investigation at work, for example, like even then you're answering questions about something where you have to go back to it and you have to go over it and you have to relive it. And I, I don't want mm. to. I don't want to relive it. I don't want to think about it. And I don't want to experience those feelings again. So I would say talking about it amongst women does happen when – a woman feels she wants to or can share. Um, there's no like, I don't have friends where we have agreements, you know, like, well, this is all right, but that isn't, or anything like that. Different different women are different. I'd also say, I don't know, we have, to, we have to get onto nights out versus other parts of life because nights out, you know, there are types of nights out, right, where you go out to flirt, to interact, to maybe even to find someone to have sex with, who knows? But there are also plenty of other aspects of life <laughs> where this shit is happening. And and it, like a, a grope on a dance floor is one thing. Um, I, I grope on a tube is a completely another level for me in terms of what we're talking about because like because you're not expecting it at all going about your business, right? Or on a plane. I was on a plane. Oh. An airplane. Can you believe it? I was on a bus, actually. For me, it was. A friend was on the tube. Johnny mentioned the, the tube. The stories are so long. Johnny, everyone, every woman. Everyone. So oh, yeah, and by the way, the stats are wrong, aren't they, Joe? The stats are wrong. When they say it's 78% of women who've experienced No, it's everybody. And lots of us have shut these things out and forgotten. And until hashtag me too, we didn't really count them we suppress them we put them away because it's the shit you had to deal with just just to be brushing past you or groping or rubbing themselves up like what what like what i think is an important question because some men will hear this and be like wow i didn't know that happened and i'd hope that some men will hear this and go like yeah i do that and i didn't realize they knew right so um what what do they do what is it is i mean how how lurid is it you know all of the above. Virtually yeah. every night when you go out drinking and you go to sort of some busy bars, it's like a norm. It, it's 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 so so regular, um, and it and obviously as the night goes on and more alcohol, alcohol is definitely has a massive part to play. And again, it's going to be interesting coming out of this. We're still in these restricted times, but mm. I think you said it so well. It's that we, we're having time to reflect on everything right now, and this is one of the things. Uh, it's the norm, Johnny. It happens all the time. If you're out in bars, in pubs, busy, you know, then sort of especially into evening, dark, you know, when you're in it just it's the norm. It's it's groping, it's rubbing, it's feeling different parts of the body. It's the comments. It's literally all the above. And obviously to then varying degrees. Um, depending how late it gets and where, you know, I mean, I'm so mindful of where I take myself, you know, where I walk, um, even in a club. If I see, you know, if, I, if there's just like really careful, it's like a constant radar of, you know, keeping yeah. safe. 
with girls. Well, even just with girls. But that brings back into context, not all men, right? Because it is easy. What is the thing? One of the things... I didn't do that. I didn't rape anyone, but then... Yeah. scale and say, do you know what? If if that's like... Well, what I'll do is I'll rub against her and she'll think that I like her and then we'll end up having a conversation. Um, Yeah, just... You know what? Just, Just... Walk up to me and smile and start a chat. Yeah, yeah. You know, like if if you want to interact, well, if you start up by I don't know, if you start up by rubbing against me, you're really going to rub me up the wrong fucking way. You're on a losing. Like, ain't going to go any further. <laughs> Isn't anyway. I'm married, but let's be real. I don't think it's about anything further. It's just about sex or physical contact. That's the thing to bear in mind. These aren't guys that are looking for a date or, a, yeah. you know, they're not looking to chat to you and buy you a drink. They're looking for physical contact. And um, I think there's, there's one, there's almost like this, this line that gets crossed of, do I have a right to do this to this woman? Yes, I do. They're something, aren't they, basically? They're taking Yes, I do. I, it's fine for me to do this. There's no problem with me doing this. I'll get away with it. It's not an issue, and I will cross this line. And it's just about self-gratification, and it's about abuse, and it's about uh, taking advantage of a woman. It's nothing more than that. It's just there and then and taking what they want. It, so it, it, that is, I think it's really that simple. And I obviously, I've, I've dealt with this on all the different aspects of this, being an ex-police officer, being on the receiving end, being a friend, watching a friend being groped. You know, I have stuck up with so many friends who've been groped, attacked. I've nearly been attacked myself defending a friend who was attacked by a groper. It's it's grim. I, I, I guess one of the only ways I heard it described that kind of resonated with some of the people I was talking to was if you had a you know, bowl of M&Ms and you can say, right, some, none or all of these M&Ms might kill you, yeah, that have, one. have one. You, you don't know. They, they might absolutely all be fine, and they probably are going to be all because they're M and M's. But one of them might kill you. And would you still eat that? Probably not. <laughs> and so when you're going into a nightclub, then it's the same sort of thing in terms. Of you just don't know what's going to happen. Yes, Glenn. And once someone's told you that about M and M's, you go to another place and they've got a bowl of M and M's. How do you feel about M and M's now? Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's not just that bowl of M&M's. It's not just that club. It's not just that night. So, yeah. It's not, what not all not M&M's. All men? You know, yeah, not all men, but those that one did that week, that one did last week, and that bloke on mm-hmm. the bus did. Yeah. So how do you think I feel? So the bigger, the bigger picture of this is, is men and women working together, living together, enjoying each other's company as friends, just, you know, being being good colleagues, falling in love, like the whole, the complexity of men and women getting along, there's an undercurrent to it, which, which it seems like men and women are getting actually further apart in their understanding of each other and in their ability to work effectively together. And men, you know, some men's attitudes and resistance towards women, you know, born out of, whatever's gone on in their life uh, quite often if I, if I speak for myself and what's activated me experiences are 
on an individual level can then have you say, oh, well, women are like this or women, women are like that. But, but, but way bigger than that is an inherent undercurrent of women feeling uncomfortable around men. And then everything that come, comes after that is kind of tainted by it. Mm. It's to me like a massive knot underneath just people getting along, you know, and, and feeling happy together. I mean, I, it, it has blown my mind, to be honest. I, I think that's, I think you've got to bear in mind that, um, you know, this, as Me Too did, but this has sparked. I haven't thought about this for such a long time, and not just because of lockdown. You know, I, I've dealt with my issues, my trauma, my past, and I've got, got to a much happier and stronger place emotionally and on a trusting point. So I don't think it's necessarily as bleak as it, it looks. Um, I don't, I don't, I think actually, personally, and I know you, you and I work in similar fields, Johnny, I think women and men and understanding masculine and feminine energies within us, um, more men are coming out and showing themselves as vulnerable. And I think actually we're getting closer. Um, I think sadly, this, this it's terrible and tragic story is really, uh, fired up this element of, of what it's like to be a woman and what it's like to walk down the street and not feel safe. And obviously we've gone down a bit of a path here talking about social environments. Um, but by and large, you know, I, I haven't, but I, I, I think that for, for me personally, the tragedy is that when I do go out and if I go out and I'm going to sort of really busy bars, really busy pubs I'm not familiar with, which doesn't happen too often anymore, but can still happen. I will be on a on a radar. I get my radar out, and I'm constantly thinking and wary and watching. Therefore, not enjoying myself, and therefore not relaxing. And I would say, I, with all my friends I go out with, we will all go through this processing system when we're out, mindful and watching out for this behaviour because we've all suffered from it. Um, but oh, we're not there judging. We're not there going, oh, oh, yes, he's going to be, you know, it's not like that. It's yeah. just that we raise our awareness to be considerate of actually there might be someone who is there as the night goes on. Um, and obviously certain certain bars, certain pubs, you know, a certain chain of pubs that you could say you want to avoid. It, you know, you could be quite specific about it, really. Um, but it, it can happen. It can happen in bloody Chelsea, let alone downtown Brighton it can happen anywhere um unfortunately but we're not really judging I don't want it I don't want it to sound like we're going in looking looking for the map but I just I think it's important to to get it in perspective that it's something women do go through and consider when we are supposed to be out relaxing and having a good time I like to tell you it it feels like it's drummed into you from such an early age I'm I'm petrified I I'm petrified. I've got um, two girls and two boys. Uh, and my, my, my oldest son, he's 14. You know, he, he'll just go out on his bike with his mates and he'll go off uh, riding down a park and uh, playing football and doing these things. And you know what? Nothing kind of rings in the back of my head. I know he's probably not going to get in trouble. If he does, then worst case scenario, there'll be some hargy-bargy and that'll be it and it'll, it'll be fine. But so far, so good. Um, my oldest daughter's 16. Um, every time she leaves the house, even if she's just going to walk to her friends, uh, she uses WhatsApp live location and she takes a picture of herself, what she's wearing and her shoes. So that if anything happens to her, um, she's, they've got an, that live that day, re, um, recent photo of her. Um, it's something I've drilled into all of them, but she's taken that on board and she, it's kind of just become, 
I feel like I shouldn't have to do this. Now, this isn't because anything's happened to her in that way. I know she has. She has been catcalled out of moving cars. She's called me when she's not felt safe and those sort of things. Um, so far, n- I'm not aware of anything more serious than that happening. That's bad enough. But she, just from those early little things, that's already imprinting on her. It's imprinted on her since she was been young, in a way that my boy's never even considered. And I, I don't, I don't subscribe to this idea that um, you can only understand this if you've got daughters or if you've got a mum or a sister. For me, that's absolute bullshit. You should be a decent human being and you should be able to understand that this is something that goes on. But it is petrifying as a dad to a daughter that, that that's something she's already having to deal with. Well, and you've answered the very first question, is why why do women feel more vulnerable? You've identified as a dad why she's more vulnerable without really probably consciously thinking about it. But she is. But I just want to bring you back to the point that you made. And again, it's your problem with the problem and the solution. But she is doing all these actions in case she's attacked. So she is knowing before she's even going out the door, there's a chance of her being attacked from a mindset point of view, from an energetic point of view. That, that girl is going out with that in there, whether it's, mm. it's, it's a thought that's this big or that big. Um, and that, that is heartbreaking and horrifying. And so we have to come back to what is the solution? How do we change this? And you, these kind of conversations, for, for, you know, it sounds like for Liz too, this is like, geez, I've had this conversation a thousand million times with men. You know, what we're, again, fed up with, what the point of all this is, we are done with this. Men sort it out. And I, you know, Johnny knows I work very much in um, equality of parliament, group called 50-50 parliament. For me, it's really simple. Whilst there's mostly men sat around the table making decisions in policing and governance, mm. men will not deal with this because they don't know. They don't have that mm-hmm. No judgment, guys, but you don't. You don't know what it's like, like you've just said. And, you know, I think that is the reality. So women need to be at the table making the decisions too. So men, I said to my friend the other day, he said, what can I do for you, Joe? How can I help? And I said, vote for women. Vote for women in your local politics and vote for women on national politic level. Get women around the tables making these decisions and you will be starting to open up and create more of an even conversation, let alone even addressing these huge issues of safety on the streets. But can I I throw in then and then go at the grassroots level? So yes, in leadership and in politics and in governance, but on a day-to-day basis, I, I know, I know, I'm certain there are blokes out there who in the last 10 days have, um, either wished, you know, celebrated women for International Women's Day or bought someone flowers and chocolates for Mother's Day or sent a card to, to a woman. And in the same 10 days, they've catcalled someone or they've, you know, made a comment that someone can hear or they've done some of the things we're talking about, the little things or worse. And I think we have to start also looking at the double standard of exactly what you called out, Glenn, which is the right thing for you to be calling out because it's what you're aware of. But, you know, there are women in my life I'm close to and I treat them like this. And then there are women. And and I think that's, that part of the issue is that the, um, the lack of realisation of the sort of double 
standards of how we're treating how how men are treating women i'm going to say how men are treating women um mm -hmm. and so you know if you're one of those blokes then you know maybe maybe just buy someone some extra flowers and don't say the don't say the comment again because <laughs> i i know i'd rather i'd have i'd have i'd i'd love i'd much rather a gift to me would be knowing i wasn't going to have to deal with any of that shit for the rest of my life rather than the biggest freaking box of chocolates you can find you know like it's meaningless shit is meaningless you know, I, I i i just think it's more i think there's so much more that we can do even on those little scales when was the last time as a bloke and i'm talking to the, the dads who are watching this when was the last time any of you called out one of your mates when he's he said something sexist or he said something that was off kilter in that way because we don't do it we it's just like, oh yeah well, it's just banner in it but it's that low level acceptance um, just even those jokes and those things. I'm not saying you shouldn't have humour and you shouldn't be able to muck around. That's one thing. But you've got to know um, there's, there's lines to cross. And even if all you're doing is calling out the worst bits that you come across, that's a start. And then you can dial it down from there. Just But little things, just calling them out constantly, that's something we can do right right now. And I just think blokes are just so, oh, well, you know, it's, it's just a massive problem. I can't do anything about it. And you know what? Um, it, we'll, we'll let we'll let the politicians and we'll let this people and we'll let that group sort it out. No bollocks. You can do something yourself. I think, I think the test, the test, litmus test is to, is to um, for a guy to, you know, and if you've got a daughter, even better. If you haven't, you have to imagine you've got a daughter or you've got a sister. And if that comment was made to your sister, would you be happy about it? because that I don't, you know it's it's not there's no gray area here it's black or white fundamentally as humans we know when when we cross the disrespectful line let alone the really positively verbally abusive line we know what that line is if we can feel it intrinsically within us we can tell within us when it feels disrespectful and we can tell when it's feeling um a, a complimentary and a kind and a and a, a, a nice comment towards someone. We can feel that. I could say that about your fleece you're wearing. You know, I could just say, you know, it's a very, it's a, it's a great fleece. It's you not a great fleece. Or it's I could say you look like a pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is more likely. That's more personal, but, hmm. uh, but I'm, I'm being ridiculous, but that is more personal. And actually it's derogatory to you because you look fine. You look good. And it, it, that's me judging you because you're wearing a fleece. And that is, in a way, a very low-level, very you know, very watered-down version of what women are receiving. So I'm afraid there isn't that middle area. You you've got you guys have got to start changing your language. It comes from language. It comes from what we say, because what we say is what we think, and what we think we act on. You know, it's 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 just reciprocal, and so it has to start with language and words and how we say what we say. And you could be a, there could be dads watching this with their sons watching TV. What are you saying when a gorgeous woman comes on? And just because she's wearing a bikini, I don't give a damn. I don't care where she's whether wearing like next to nothing. That does not give you permission to be disrespectful towards her. She's a woman with a gorgeous body. She could be naked. It doesn't matter what she's wearing, what she's not wearing, how much makeup she's got, whether she's had, you know, boob job, a lip job, whatever. It does not matter. You are disrespecting that woman as a representative of female species. It is wrong. 
it's it's an interesting like area to to look at there because um if i see an attractive woman um and my daughter um she's she's uh, openly bisexual and she'll she'll show me i i, I really look at the, look at this video isn't she attractive for me i'm okay to say yes she is attractive i think commenting and saying i find that woman attractive no matter what she looks like that for me that's fine because that's a simple fact and that's me saying it. i'm not I don't, I think most guys think, oh, well, what you're saying, I, you know, I can't say I fancy someone. I can't do this. I can't do that. You can, you just, mm-hmm. you just could, there's a way of doing it, you know, and it's, it shouldn't be that hard. Don't be disrespectful and don't impose that comment on them when they're not asking for it. Yeah. Don't put it into their space when it hasn't been invited. I think that I've, my, my golden rule is uh, never say something that you wouldn't want said to you in the prison showers. <laughs> And, <laughs> yeah, fair and enough. It, it is yeah. a joke, but actually, it's exactly the same thing because that's the closest most men will ever in their head wrap themselves around the fact that they might end up yeah. sexually assaulted. Um, that's and that's, that's the like only that, way I can yeah. get it through. That's a good one. That's a good I, one. It's I not a good one. Thing. It's awful because it does happen. I know, but it, but it gets that. through. Because it does. Yeah. The thing that I think every bloke could do is to start to just as joe's saying tune up to language to words to interactions and just 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 start with is this okay just start there with a question to yourself is this okay is how this does it okay? feel how does it how how might i feel in that like you'll be able to feel it in yourself because it will feel a bit different to be going whoa you know like oh i wouldn't mind whatever about the waitress as opposed to waiting until she's gone and going she's a bit of all right you know, that, that, those for me are two different things already. Yeah. And you know the difference. So is this okay? And if it's not okay, am I going to A, participate? And if I'm not going to participate, what am I going to do to change it? Because not participating isn't enough to stop yeah. this happening because it's so commonplace and because it's so accepted. Uh-huh. I totally agree. And one of the things I was going to head in my mind was, um, would would you be okay with your nan? Would you say it around a dinner table with your nan there? And the thing is, then I thought, okay, well, how about your mum? And you said earlier, how would you feel if someone said that about your sister or your daughter? Um, how comes all of those acceptable things are all women? I would love it if so. I know that I'm I've been uh, excluded from WhatsApp groups and so on because I've called shit out mostly it's been you know either islamophobic or homophobic or stuff like that but i've been excluded and i know i'm not involved in lots of conversations that people that i've met in the past have had because of that so i would love it if someone was to say look would you say that if your dad was there probably not and um, because i want i want more men to be part of that holding accountable nature of conversation and it it shouldn't just be would you say that in front of your mum because that's only half the battle yeah that's the societal change where I don't know however many years ago you had comedians on TV that would just bosh out a racist joke, just, you know, chalky this or Nick Nogs or, you know, like, like which would be jarring beyond belief now. And yet it was on Saturday night TV, what, 80, 70, you know, 80, probably Jim Davidson and, and, and the like. Um, we're talking about a societal level of change. For, 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 for that for, for that to really happen and and I was quite challenged by some of the, you know um what was it some of the banners like what are you telling you to teach your boys or to educate your, your boys educate your sons yeah your sons yeah and I, it, <clears throat> when you see those pictures you, 
it's very easy for a man to go to the extreme, to go to the, to the rape or the abduct, you know, to like, to, to, to go easy to go to extremes. But this conversation is, is showing us that actually this, this scale of educate your sons or, or, or n- not in my group of mates or not, not, not on my watch is we're talking about real everyday levels of, of respect and, um, it's not even about compassion. It's just about decency, really, um, and uh, and having having the having the common decency to want someone to feel okay, to feel happy, to enjoy their work, to feel great on a night out. To, I mean, I can I can just see the difference between someone stopping and being like, "Oh my gosh, you're beautiful." Um, enjoy your evening. Is is way different than rubbing your knob against them as you as you. <laughs> Stumble past them. I mean, blimey! One will completely ruin a woman's evening, and maybe the other one will make their evening. I mean, that's that's chalk and cheese. That's as that's as different as it as it can be. Um, yeah, because because one thing I want to just mention here is because actually what we're calling 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 is out is predatory behavior. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pre- you don't just you just don't start as a rapist. You know, I, I've interviewed rapists. They don't start as rapists. They they start with a pattern of predatory behaviour. And that's why it's really important to call it out, to recognise it, women to report it. Because it all starts on a lower level. It starts with the luring. It starts with the comments. It starts with the with the kind of the, um, the um, slight attacking their hands or the, the you know, the, the obsession. And then and then it's that the, the boundaries go. Um, and it's worse, and then it goes from one step to another to another. So you know, and and at that, it so it. So it, why, it's really, Joe, Joe, why why don't women report those first things? Because they won't. They don't think they'll be believed, and because they're totally embarrassed, they don't want to relive it. They don't. They don't think they'll be believed. They're totally embarrassed, and they don't want to relive it. And it's one of the most and, horrifying and, things that can happen to a woman is to be sexually assaulted. To mm. then have to go and explain it to your friend is bad enough. To then have to go to explain it to someone you never know, and it likely be a male officer. You're, it's getting better. Women generally are like are bought with female officers are generally brought in, but you everyone knows you go down that path. There's it's going to be a long path, and the amount of times you'll then have to explain the story of how you were abused, assaulted, is hideous. And thankfully, again, you don't necessarily need to be disclose who you are. You can give your evidence. Without being um, without being named or without being seen, but it's again it's getting better, but it's, it's taking too long for women to be believed. Uh, actually, I'm just going to say sexual assault victims because I know this happens for men too, and it happens for for right. But it takes way too long still for women to be believed, and what they have to prove to be to be uh, be, be believed that they were actually raped. It's disgusting. Our law is disgusting in this country still. It's so behind and it shouldn't be. It holds women back. Why bother? Why bother putting yourself through all that pain, embarrassment, Mm -hmm. trauma, your family, your sisters, your mum? Will your dad believe you? Will your mum believe you? Put yourself through all of that when actually realistically, you know, the chances of anything actually happening. Um, and if you add to the, the the equation, you probably had a couple of wines. Oh, that means you were up for it. You might, you probably didn't know what you were doing. Oh, you were probably like just having a good time. 
we've heard too many stories of this happen. So it stops women from taking that step. But I implore any woman watching this or any anyone knowing any woman who watches this, we must change this. Because how are you expected to know men, anyone, how bad this is unless we report it? Mm -hmm. So be brave. Get someone with you. Get someone to support you. And actually take that really brave step because you're not helping just yourself. You're helping women for the future. And that's what we haven't really done. And I, all of that, and at the at the my, minor infractions end of the scale of predatory behaviours of the kind we've been talking about, into which I include catcalling, groping, comments made, you know, stuff that's the kind of stuff that we've all experienced that's happened to me. You don't, you, you know consider the societal context that's telling me it's my fault that that happened that happened that bloke came onto you in front of all of his colleagues in the work in a work setting because you look you made yourself look really nice what's he supposed to do he can't help himself that's the societal context <laughs> that bloke grabbed you on the bus because you're wearing a short skirt you you know they followed you because you walked down a dark alley they, and and it is not your fault if you're a woman it is not your fault it is not our fault <laughs> But that is the societal context into which this sits at whatever level of the scale we're on. Yeah, designed by men, designed by men, yeah. spoken out by men, enforced and, by men. And perpetuated by women who've been taught that too, right? Because we hear other, we hear, I have heard women say, oh, but look at what she was wearing. Don't give a shit what she was wearing. <laughs> you know, and when you hear, you're not, gonna get, you're not going out like that dressed like that, you know, your skirt's too short, your top's too like too, sh too short for what? Too low for what? Too low for a man not to be able to keep his hands to him fucking self. Why? That's not, you, that's not the fault of the skirt wearer. That's mm. the fault of the hands and the brain behind them. Yeah. Well, people, men can get quite activated by the, by that, you know that sort of men men designed this men society men you know um what you were just saying there there joe what what, what i mean it's quite just, clearly, it's just true johnny yeah, no, clearly, yeah historically our political system our our schools so everything's been designed by men because when it was designed that's who designed things so it, you were rather rather than um saying um men are the problem there what it's really saying is that is that it's a but the, the, the problem is it hasn't been redesigned for the world we live in today it's it's not fit for purpose right right now it's not it's not inclusive it doesn't it wasn't designed for a 2021 uh, way of life that's that's i'm not trying to say you're wrong i'm just sort of approaching it in a, in a slightly different way for people that might be like whoa, 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 about that it's 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 actually recognizing because some men are joe some men are activated by that sort of Oh, there's women banging on again about women and this and women. Oh well, I'm I'm not going to apologise. Well, I'm just stating the fact, and I, you know, I think we also need to be careful of the fact that um, I am not going to apologise for that because it actually incenses me and it drives me completely nuts that you, we're not allowed to. Again, I had this discussion recently on LinkedIn with someone. I that is a fact. It was men that created these laws. They were designed by men. So. You know, just because I'm stating that as a fact, as you could state, uh, women were always nurses. It was women that have been nursing. It's a, just a fact. Obviously, one is much more, uh, you know, accusatory because we, we're talking about. Um, 
that I, you know, it, that, that kind of attitude to attack women for stating facts that men have actually ruled and governed our country is in itself an issue. Because what they're trying to do then is actually backtrack, uh, sideline and actually throw it back at the woman and, and, and create the, the aggression to the woman and say, well, she shouldn't be bad mouthing all men. I never said all men. I said it was men that designed, that created the rules. And I, I, I see this all the time on social media and it absolutely boils my blood that when that is, that is how our country has evolved. That is who is still buying, look at our current government. Look at how many men are sat at that table. Because this is at that table. So that is what needs to change. And I'm only stating facts. And no, when, I'm, when that tries to be flipped around, that I think BS, that's something not about that. Let's get back to the topic. Let's get yeah, back. And I, 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 I think that's something that, that I almost, um, I want. I won't say I, I don't disagree with something you said earlier about voting for women to be able to change the laws and so on. Um, I think it needs to go a lot further than that. And I think you said there just about the, the, the people sitting around the table. Um, it's not just about getting women into things like parliament. For me, it's about getting women into senior positions within the parliaments and within, um, decision, within all, all decision making processes, because it's nothing if all uh, if even if you had a 50 50 parliament if that top table is still dominated by men then they're still going to be prioritizing men's issues um it's a, a subconscious thing as much as a conscious thing there needs to be equality at the top table not just at every table in there but yeah, i think that's, that's, that's almost a Absolutely. side thing but it needs to be 50 50 parliament and 50 50 in number 10 because number 10 need, govern, yeah. our, govern our nation so whoever's in number 10 whatever color they happen to be that needs to be an equal setting as well. Totally agree. Totally. Yeah, we, need to need get, to reflect. Yeah. we need to get a 50-50 parliament to start with to, run, start any, to run any hope of having a 50-50 number 10. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise it's never going to happen. And it, at the moment it's going to look like it's going to take another 50 years at least. But I don't want to. I don't, I, we don't want to wait fifty years to be making change, and that's why I think these sort of discussions are really key because there's going to be dads watching this, and they will start thinking. Even if 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 out of this whole thing we just get one dad one time to say that's not cool, man, then yeah. that's a start, and it's not a good enough start, but it's a start. And I think and every man needs to start thinking, what the hell can I do today, tomorrow, the next day after that? And part two is to encourage every female, every woman that they know, or every female that they know, when anything happens, they must tell them. It must be addressed. They must report it. You can always take yourself out of a case later on. But until a case is reported, it's not classed as a crime, it doesn't get a number, and it's not counting. And obviously where it is and the, and the environment, you know, because, you know, lot, lot could happen wherever it happens. It mustn't happen. It must be reported. So have that difficult conversation with your daughters. If anything happens, you must tell me. And I promise you, I will not judge you. I will not be you. Just please tell me uh, at the very least so I know so that we can do something and encourage women and girls to really speak up about all of this. And where it's below the level of criminality then speak it out, then encourage the women in your life to speak it out to you. Yeah? And, and in a way, and, and, and hear it in a way which says, it's shit that that happened to you. And I'm, I'm hearing that that happened to you. 
and I feel bad about that. Let's talk about it. Not, you know, the kind of responses I've had, thankfully not from the men in my family, but from friends who've gone, oh, that, you're that. I'm sure you didn't mean it that way. People don't do things like oh that. Oh, my God, I've heard like that you. so many times. I'm sure you yeah, did. Yeah, you're, you're a strong woman, Liz. That, that, that's, not, that's not what happened. You know, I'm sure you're misinterpreting it. Or, you know, no, just, just hear and listen and witness and say, that's shit. How are you feeling? Yeah. And, and uh, do tell me if I'm, but for me, it's all about also starting that really young. Um, yeah. My, 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 it was, she was um, 15 and it was uh, nine year old daughters um, walked to the, the shops last year. Uh, and on the way back, it was, it was a couple of lads. I say lads because they're like 14, 15 years old on bikes, went past, started giving them some abuse. No, it wasn't sexual, but it was aggressive thankfully my um my oldest daughter was fairly bolshy and she'll she gave a lot back um but when they got home after i'd see if i could uh have a word with them myself the whole point was trying to make them feel safe and secure and happy to talk about it and not bottle it up and not yeah. start getting nervous about it again um and it wasn't the case of me then saying well you're not going out to the shops again because someone might uh attack you bollocks to that We'll go, you'll go to the shops. We'll log this with the police. So they've got a record of this so that actually if, if everyone's logging this stuff, the police can then allocate resources to deal with it. Um, and we'll make sure that, that things are, we'll try and make things safer for you because it shouldn't be about them trying to change their lives. It should be about life changing around them to make sure they're okay to live their lives. So I love that. And the other thing you can help the women in your life with is there's an instinctive reaction we have as human beings but it happens more to women in these situations when we feel threatened which is we freeze mm. we freeze and we can't sit and that's how men get away with a grope and that's mm. you know it's because we freeze we don't slap them we you know and that's how men get away with more because we, it's protection so what you can do um i actually did a, i did a course in this to help me with this is you can help your the women in your life to practice their reaction and their response in a situation where someone asks them an inappropriate question or makes a comment they don't want to hear you know so inappropriate you you can practice with them put them in in the right situation and just kind of practice by giving them an inappropriate comment and give them chance to have a think about what other things I could say to that like what makes you think it's okay to say that about me Mm -hmm. saying anything breaks the freeze actually yeah but I, I do think if more of us had practice at handling those smaller moments they would be called Mm. out more they would be drawn to men's and people's attention more and we would ourselves feel better about them because we actually rather than just letting it happen to us I'm putting my fingers up for anyone who's listening letting it happen to us because we didn't say why didn't you do anything why didn't you hit back why didn't you speak back because Mm. I froze well let's practice not freezing because there's muscle memory there so you can help with that I love that, Joe. Uh, sorry, um, uh, Liz. The just like it's a response mechanism. Like yeah. you said, their muscle memory. Like and uh, having having some quick re- replies back. Because I've got to stop bullies, now. Yeah. Bullies, bullies don't like being bullied, or or, or, or a predator wouldn't just expect. Someone, yeah, yeah, but a predator wouldn't expect someone to react. Or that, and then and it's not like you want to pass it down the line. But if 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 you react and put them in their in their box they were like oh no i'm not going to go near her she's she's you know she's she's not going to just be submissive and let me dominate her yeah yeah 
Yes, and the more women who react, the more it's apparent and obvious that this isn't appropriate, isn't welcome and isn't fair yeah. as well. Because what we're talking about very much is like the pub scenario, really, aren't we? And actually, it's when there's a group of guys. And actually, I'd say the odds are that it's the, there's one guy that's doing the, the, those actions and the others have no idea. So, so again, it's, it's about, you know, guys or, or not, you know, it could be a mixed group of people and a guy you know, calls out a woman or gropes a woman. It's also about calling that out when you see it, whether you're a man or a woman watching it. And I would, you know, I've, I've had friends before saying, well, I didn't want to get involved. Men friends, you know, oh, I didn't. Oh, I know. I just thought, I just, I, I thought, I thought you could handle yourself. No, stick up for me. Look at the size of me and look at the size of them. Stick up for me, please. Or at least offer, offer your help and ask me if I'd like it. Yeah. And I will always say yes. I know, appreciate, because I've also had this this comment back. Oh, well, I, was, I went to help a woman. She didn't want any help. Oh, yeah, when was that? Oh, five years ago. Okay, so so now you're never going to help a woman if she's in trouble because some woman said, no, forget it, and she was drunk because it was actually a boyfriend. Oh, God, I've heard all the responses. So it's, I think, I think it's some, guy, some guys are... Some guys are, are stupidly scared because, uh, and m- the mindset is, look, he's a bloke. That woman's called him out or something. They're having an argument, but he's never going to hit her because she's a woman. But if I step in, he's going to wallop me one because I'm a bloke. I think that's one of the fear things that some guys have got. And I don't know if, Johnny, you, you have experienced that yourself, but um, there's this, this mindset of uh, I don't want to put myself at risk. And so, you know, he's the risk between them while it's all verbal and, and that sort of stuff is fine. And what it doesn't do is do anything for that woman. And at the end of the day, if I get a punch in the face, that bruise will heal in a week or two. Whereas if she is not, not even saying that, that she, anything else further happens, but that's again, just going to chip away and chip away and chip away and chip away uh, until she just stops going out because you can't be bothered with hassle. Um, I'd like to ask you both a question. Have you ever had your bits fondled? Yes. How Not, did it feel? I was it it was it was surprising. I mean, for, I mean, uh, I had uh, by both gay men and by women. Um, not often, and I'm not saying that this is a, a commonplace occurrence by any, but the fact that it's kind of rare is stuck in my mind. Obviously, then shows how rare it is for a guy to have gone through that, and um, that it's stuck in my mind one or two incidents. Um, but yeah, it was just an absolute shock and kind of bullshit women coming up to me, obviously on a like a, a hen party or something. How many and, times then? How many times? Uh, four times. Thank um, you. Johnny, how many times? A couple of times in mixed clubs. I've been, a, been uh, you know, some kind of interaction with a gay guy or two gay guys at one, one event um, where, by the way, I was wearing a gold cat suit um but <laughs> totally asking doesn't for it, matter doesn't matter. matter what you're wearing johnny we've established that <laughs> listen to you you've I'm got not... a societal chicken no, planted as well i'm trying not to imagine it johnny and trying not to imagine it <laughs> picture, picture. Um, Liz, how many times no, but just, just just to say i i i didn't feel that intimidated by it mm. but i was i'm a, quite a big bloke it was it was it was it was it was a bit it was shock it was shock actually and it was probably later on that i thought about it in the moment i was like whatever and it was later on that i thought that was bloody weird what did they ask me to do like yeah and that that's the thing it, 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 even when it's happened with gay guys i've still not felt the fear 
I felt no. the surprise and the shock and the, what, what are you doing, mate? Don't, that's not cool. But I've never felt fear. And that is something that I just haven't experienced. There's no way of me ever wrapping my head around the primal levels of fear that would have gone through that if if I'd been a woman and it had been a man doing that in a situation. Like a shuddering right through your body or a closing up of your, of the, you know, all your girl bits should be like clenching everything, like like you wanting to wrap yourself up. I'd imagine just just um, there's a fun. This might be inappropriate. I don't know, but there's a, a Richard Pryor sketch when he talks about he talks about um, he talks about women they're being raped. The, the vagina should lock. <laughs> he's like it should lock on, and then they then they, then he says like I got you, I got you. You you know you're not gonna go and like just like completely trapped like a like a like a like a praying mantis like just kind of just <laughs> men should not be able to get away with this like it shouldn't be possible. It shouldn't that 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 flipping abuse of someone else's body shouldn't you know there's there's, there's nothing that women can do in that in that in that moment if there was they wouldn't do it that was that's that was the way the the, the flipping the, the stick the, the skit ended up like they wouldn't do it if they knew they were going to die at the at the end of it um but let alone getting getting away with it no it's it's no, uh, uh, you know joe a couple of times so you know um, so what, the interesting thing that you've both described is that you didn't didn't have that vulnerability feeling mm-hmm. and that feeling of fear, which is obviously, in essence, the, the difference. You know, that the, the act is the same on a level, but it's not. Um, and there's a whole uh, a whole hour and eight minutes talk around that, why, why women feel vulnerable when we're attacked. Liz, mm-hmm. how many times? Of actual physical grabbing or being made to feel that. No, no, physical grab- grabbing. Physical grabbing, I can, I can separate out three, and then there are a whole lot more that I just can't. I can't tell you how many. Yeah, hundreds. I can't tell, I can't tell you. Hundreds. Like there hundreds are three that are sort of in places where you, I really wouldn't have expected it, and then there are just yeah, just ever so many. Yeah, and I'm guessing you're similar. Hundreds of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hundreds. Just, just well, you, you go on a plane. I'm talking about like a busy plane. Like you, you, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't dwell on the point. You just mentioned a plane earlier on. You just, you know, that was, um, that was being touched inappropriately on, on here, on the, my top here, top half of me. Um, but, but the groping and is yeah, hundreds of times and and out and and same for my friends, all the same. Yeah. So just to get it in perspective. Um, so all of this is, is you know, as much as we can feel empowered and feel strong, sadly, fundamentally, it kind of is, unfortunately, it does linger and we have to work hard not to go out in fear. Um, mm. You know, I think that is unfortunately what, what we're dealing with here. And I think this has been a, such a useful conversation just to highlight the differences um, and, and validate the challenges. I mean, obviously, sorry, just to finish up coming up to the Sarah Everton situation, obviously there's a whole subject around um, when you're, when you, you are, um, sorry, the role of, of who, who is attacking and, and belief and trust, because this was some, you know, this was a police officer. I think, again, that's a whole, whole different show of, of trust and faith in people and, and, you know, abusive situations. It is, but, even even now, I still would say to all my kids, find a police officer. There, there, there's no there's no second of hesitation in that because beyond overwhelming majority, I mean, this is like 
scales of infinitesimally small numbers of police officers are involved in the worst of things. Um, the overwhelming majority of them are fundamentally amazing individuals who are there to help people. So just because it happened once doesn't mean it would happen again, even though it could. And so I'll always be saying to my kids, trust the police, go for, go to them for help. Oh, totally. That's another whole conversation. I've had some flipping sh- shocking Facebook chat the other day to telling someone to just to back off and, you know, like who do they think they are calling police psychopaths flipping out of order. Yeah, really. Uh, What's been bothering me, sorry, Glenn, is, is your daughter. Um, and I've just been, while we've been talking is I've just, I'm just trying to find, uh, we, what, we need to find a better solution for 16 year old girls to go out by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and putting the fear of God into them to get WhatsApp going and, you know, doing that without fear. Is that doable? Is there other, are there other solutions? I mean, mine are 14. I've got two years before I start going down this road. Yeah. Right, so I've, I've, I've done it ever since, ever since they were toddlers. And the, the mindset for me at that age was, um, look, if you get lost, then uh, a picture of you means that I can, an individual picture of you means that I can show uh, the police um, this is what they're wearing right now. And so I've always done it from like from toddlers. This is just about if you get lost or if anything happens to you. Um, and it, it's just always, always, always constantly reinforced. And so I'm lucky enough that that hard work from from a young age is now borne out. Um, but, yeah, it's still she still does it. And I, I will always love her to do it because I want her to feel safe. It's something that she can do as part of a ritual of going out that she can, mm-hmm. she can do that. And she knows that's just a little, it's a little thing she can do that might, that hopefully will never, never be used, but might help in the worst case scenario. I, I think I, I think, I think it's great that you're helping her to look out, out for herself. And I think to bring it back to where we started the conversation, I think it's just worth observing that, on a given night of her going out, it's it's very unlikely that anything mm-hmm. is going to happen to her. Very unlikely. However, on a given day, going about her life, um, and and in my experience, this can just as easily happen in a work meeting as it can mm-hmm. on a tube or on a phone. She is likely to be interfered with by men's opinions, yeah. points of view, thoughts, sexual thoughts and urges and actions. That's going to happen to her and it's going to happen to her hundreds of times in her life. Yeah. And, so I would say if you're going to focus on something with her, focus on helping her prepare for that mm-hmm. and focus on helping her work out how she, gonna, how she and her friends going to develop an attitude to that. that yeah, I totally... Don't I, turn into, you know, how upset all of us are about what happened to one out of the 210 women who were murdered in the past year. Mm. But, but there's I, I, a, we need to be careful we're not getting obsessed about it as well because it, it worries me that we, we're going to start crossing a line now of, like, you know, every time we, we're going to become, again, you know, we're just actually making the problem more, worse, really, by, you know, creating more fear. There's enough fear, you know, in, in the world anyway right now. So I think we've just do more to proactively support it. But like you say, maybe just, oh, look, let's do the, let's give you this little toolkit and then you've got it. For me, it's numbers. It's always numbers. I, you know, I, I was told this as a, a kid, you know, say, just always hang around in numbers, safety in numbers again. 
but you know just to stay stay in pairs stay in group look after each other is what i say to my kids just look after each other mm. and i try not to go down that fear road of because you know it's not look after yourself because someone might try to pull up and pull you into a car just it, look it, after each other it's just about risk management. I almost see these as two separate things that are, are conflated and overlapping. But one yeah. is the extreme, the murder. So, but that's around personal safety. So I've, I've trained my, my, I'll train my children not to go into uh, a pub near the Arsenal ground on a day we're playing them in their Spurs kits because that's mm-hmm. managing risk. And I'll train my children to act in certain ways around because it's managing risk about the extreme side of things. But the whole other world of uh of sexual abuse and, and unwanted sexual attention that is a whole separate discussion that, that we need to do more on um and the extremes frustrating and annoyingly they will always happen because people are awful um but we can't live our life just by those extremes but they can shine a light on all the things that led to that and these are the things that we can stop if we can stop one let's be honest we can stop one boy from starting that path you were saying about Joe, in terms of starting the path towards becoming a rapist, start challenging them when they're kids, start challenging your mates when they're out, start challenging them before they make those journeys and they won't go down those. They're less likely to go down those paths. And I think that's something that we as dads can and should be doing a lot more of than we're doing. Yes. And if we can help, if we can help more girls spend much more time, much longer periods of time, not thinking about this topic because nobody has, imposed unwanted sexual attention on them then that that will be a huge positive not having to have these conversations Mm. and also i think you know i think establishments can take more responsibility because you know i could i could list off a brand you know the brands of pubs i know this is hard to imagine right now but there are certain types of pubs that actually you get more of this behavior the the place these places should be more accountable more considerate you know should encourage good behavior you shouldn't have to However, um, the other thing I'd like to bring mention on a safety point of view, because obviously this has all started because of Sarah Everard's case. Actually, we can all be more aware when we're driving. Instead of being in our own little worlds, you know, when we're driving on the road, just be more aware of, oh, there's a woman walking by herself. Let's notice that and just keep, you know, just keep an eye, be more aware, especially, you know, certain roads are darker, are a bit more, you know, less well lit. Be, and not be there's definitely a reluctance to get involved it's in our nation it's in our um, on our culture it's a national you know terrible thing that we do it's like to, to not get involved don't get involved when you can hear arguing next door you know i've dealt with so many cases of of horrendous situations which would have been a lot better if people have intervened earlier so let's lose that worry when we fear feel that something is off react on it and take action and it might just be you know whatever it is just notice and just keep an eye out and we can do that in our cars we can do that walking down the street you know i you, you hear i've heard of cases where women have been attacked and they knew someone was walking behind them so they must have seen something but they didn't do anything because they don't want to get involved yeah. so where does that get us you know Awesome. Guys, I, I, a conversation like this, I, you know, you've got, it's hard to plan it, hard to, to decide what you're going to talk about at, at the start. I hope anyone listening has 
felt the flow of of the conversation if you've joined us part the way through then then by all means go back and, and watch the beginning the intention for this conversation was for two women to share with the rest of us the men in particular what it's like on a day-to-day level to experience the unwanted advances of men either through unwelcome comments unwelcome touch or you know more rather more predatory you know groping or you know and worse and just to have it as men to realize that it's 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 more than just the extremes it's more than just uh, women being oversensitive and men bit of banter it's 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 an it's an everyday adrenaline inducing fear uh, 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 that doesn't need to exist that isn't welcome that is giving women a, a poorer experience of life at the very least a different experience of life to to, to what men are to what men have and I hope anyone who's, who's taken the time to join us this evening or is watching or listening on, on the replay or the podcast that, that, that that's made a difference, that you can go and share this with other people in your life, that it might make you second, uh, you know, have a second thought, second guess yourself in, in any of your own actions, not to make you wrong or to feel guilty, but just to have you think, OK, I'm not going to do that anymore. I didn't realise that. I, I, okay, I did realise and now I know actually it's not OK. Um, and, you know, and if there is that group, if there is that mate in your group who's always the one, then then no more don't don't let him be oh yeah that's that's bill or whatever you know like let's let's call bill out on 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 those things that he says and does liz and joe thank you um uh you know not every woman would have come on and done this 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 evening and uh and i really really appreciate your willingness your generosity and uh, and your femininity in it it's been wonderful to have you here thank you and glenn I appreciate you not leaving me on my own in this because it has been a bit awkward at times. My palms are sweating. Um, um, but it should do. It should be uncomfortable for men. And and, and that was the intention. Um, so so thank you, everybody. Thanks, Johnny. It's been really great. Cheers. Thanks, Glad. Great to meet you. Nice thanks for the discussion in this way. And thanks, Joe. Really You're welcome. I'll see you on the other side. Thank you, dads, men, anyone else that's listening. Oh, you know, that wrap-up I did at the end of that pretty much covered what I wanted to say. But uh, this this is what we do at Team Superdad. It's, it's about being the best possible men we could be in the world, making gains, stepping up, listening, you know, really holding ourselves responsible. I hope you will share this with people in your life. Click on it, like it, share it, review it. Anything you can do to get this important message out. This this really was powerful, I think. Um, I'm going to do a highlights one so that people can, can get a kind of bite-sized 15-minute version. How long that will take, I don't know. But in the meantime, let's share this long one. And if this is the kind of man you are, the kind of modern dad, a man that wants to create an impression on his kids, be the difference in his circle of friends, Really lead by example and create a a new future, both for yourself, your family, your friends, the community, the world. This is the kind of man that are part of Team Superdad. They're part of the Hero Academy. Come on over to teamsuperdad.com. 
get yourself into the network. That's teamsuperdad.com forward slash network and register yourself, pre-register yourself for the next intake of the Hero Academy. You'll find out all about it. You can book a call with me, come on a webinar, whatever it takes for you not to miss out and get one of the places on the next Hero Academy intake. That's it. My name's Johnny Jensen. Thank you for listening for this long. I welcome you to the podcast next time and inside the Team Superdad community. Team Superdad out. Bye. This has been Team Superdad. Find us at teamsuperdad.com. Join the program and create the best life ever for you and your children. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad.